he's like really hard to deal with though. Like, you know, I've if, heard that, but yeah. I don't, not for me. Not, he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be hard for me. <laughs> yeah. He was just, I, I guess like the pretext is really what makes it. Welcome to one last thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, oh, we're just getting into it. Yeah, I just, I recorded the whole thing. Oh, okay. Secretly. Mm. Yeah, so that we'll, way we'll it's natural. Don't worry. Yes. Welcome to episode four of One Last Thing. Oh, what's going on there? Uh, we're having mic troubles. <laughs> what is that? Is that? His uh, Wait, pop filter is, is really flaccid. Oh. <laughs> we'll work on that. How's that? Is that good? I think that's okay now. Is it? There. Oh, there you right. go. Cool. Lots of things added already. Yeah, it's maybe we'll, I'll restart the intro. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode four of One Last Thing. Your favorite community-based podcast, recorded in Flagstaff, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Andrew Bretto. Uh And I'm John Quinones. Who are our guests today, John? Uh, it's going to be Cynthia and Owen. Uh, they're joining us. Uh, one from out of town, one, one from newly back in town. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, re- I'm really excited. So, like, uh, we, we had, like, a big hiatus, like, for a while, and then came back and did two episodes uh, within the span of, like, three days yeah. or something. So it's feeling good. Uh, we were a little rusty last time. Also, we rest. decided to do this thing where we just start the podcast mid-conversation. Yeah, we're going to see how that, uh, <laughs> how that goes cool. as far as the editing um, process. Um, Is there anything you want to talk about before we start? I don't I don't know. I broke down today. You broke down? Remember? In the yeah. car? You had a really emotional cool. moment. Yeah, we were... I saw a very pretty girl and I almost started crying. He, he kind of, he did start crying. Yeah, anyway. About what? No. Just, I, I, was... I don't know. He had, he fell apart today i kind of never have emotions or cry and i saw this very pretty girl and i almost cried just upon sight yeah it was weird Mm -hmm. anyway he hadn't eaten in a while i think is what so (laughs) i think that's what it was (laughs) Uh, i mean now dad so yeah uh we'll we'll just get straight into it uh we'll we're still like within the first like several episodes so i'll introduce this again this is uh one last thing uh, a very strange social experiment that's been going really well um everything that you will hear uh is drawn from a random pool of questions left by previous guests and also uh drunkenly added to the bowl by andrew and i um these are all vague and meant to uh, reach out to people who make things so anything from like a chef to a poet to a carpenter or a painter or like anybody that like creates for uh, a balloon artist a balloon artist yes let's not leave them out yeah they um, get really mad they, they do get really mad lots of emails this week from balloon artists um, yeah, no emails no emails is what I mean by that <laughs> uh, but yeah this is just kind of like recreating like those moments like where like you're in a bar with friends talking about things uh and like you're like why isn't someone recording this and so now we're forcing it this is a this is forced this forced is where you clink clink the uh bottles so you'll hear the bar so oh, yeah, oh we have beer yeah. this time mm-hmm. i got i got a lot of shit for not um having beer last time and so atmosphere i i <laughs> i got it this time yes you did so i get to keep my job um do you guys want to introduce yourselves mm-hmm with a brief intro who's 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 up first sure. yeah I'll, no no I'll, I'll start all right i'm cynthia schwartzberg Edlow, and uh i'm a poet and when i asked this is interesting because when i asked john um what sh- should i bring my books in should i bring my my poetry books in 
that I'll be reading from tomorrow night at the Uptown Pub House. He said, nah, don't bring anything. Don't bring a single thing. Don't even, don't just, we'll, we'll have questions. There'll be lots to talk about. Don't well, you, bring. Well, you did bring your husband. So you, mm. followed, you broke rule number one. <laughs> it Without him, mm. I would never have made it up here. All right, I understand. I understand. I'm the same way with John. Yeah. I have to be with him at all times. He gets lost very quickly. Yeah, and right. I cry. And yeah. after, I see cry a pretty girl. after saying things that are pretty. Listen, mm-hmm. in Prescott, I believe it was outside of Prescott, we found a street called... Uh, the uh, the 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 whiskey river no no the the rivers that run the ri- these rivers that run mm. <laughs> street <laughs> avenue the street was called that and, really and, and it was on a tri- it was on a tribal some tri- a tribal area oh, actually okay. and then the next street was called this fit man Hmm, those are awesome. Great. I t- I'm taking them all as titles. Yeah, for, I want to write poetry. letters to that general yeah. area. Yeah, isn't that what you got called in high school? This fit man. We were mm-hmm. so lost for <laughs> just a little while. <laughs> just follow these rivers so, that run. We, we, <laughs> you're looking for rivers. <laughs> as we have a bad habit of doing, we totally hijacked your introduction. That's oh, yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what do you want to hear? I mean, uh, well, I have um, uh, my debut collection the day judge spencer learned the power of metaphor came out in 2012 from salmon poetry my chapbook old school superhero loves a good wristwatch came out in 2014 from dancing girl press and my next full-length collection is coming out in 2017 horn section all day every day uh from salmon poetry as well uh, and um, uh, working on finishing that po- that book uh, as we speak. I already have have inklings for the ne- following book coming coming on. And um, nice. you know, you don't want to hear about the list of awards and things like that. I mean, if you can throw them in. Oh, Red Hand Press Poetry Award, the Tusculum. Really, the Tusculum. Yeah, I mean, if you want. Uh, uh, I mean, like you stop as soon as like your embarrassment level gets. Okay. Just recently, the yeah. I won the Red Hen mm-hmm. Press Poetry Award for for a pe- for a poem and the Tusculum Review Poetry Award, which was judged awesome. by Jericho Brown, and then there was a I won a Smartish Pace Poetry Award. Uh, um, so you're doing okay. She yes. knows her yeah. shit, people. Yeah, <laughs> doing one or two things. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Very what cool. awards have you won, Owen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I can introduce Sorry. myself now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so my name is Owen Davis, and I am a composer, a percussionist, a improviser, and most recently a curator of a performance series. Um. I just moved from Chicago where I spent two years working on my master's degree and cutting my teeth in some various ways. I have a group in Chicago that's called Mockrep, M-O-C-R-E-P. It's like a weird uh, anagram backwards thing of composer, performer, and we're really active in Chicago. I go back every like six weeks and play concerts with him. And we're going to Darmstadt, Germany this summer, which I'm really excited about. It's like this huge uh, biannual festival of, of new music 
started in the 60s, which is which is cool. Um, yeah, and so I'm here now in Flagstaff uh, to live with my wife and learn how to be uh, a partner with her and learn how to be a stepfather and also put everything that I've been working on as an artist kind of to the test with uh, this series and just composing on my own, mm-hmm. not in school, and playing, not in school. And so sure. that's where I'm at. Yeah. Very cool. Well, you've both yeah. certainly Very been good. busy, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this yeah. is like a cool moment for us, too. This is the first time we've ever had uh, someone request to be on the show. And also oh, yeah. have someone be from out of town and freshly back into town. So this is... Yeah. I don't know. It's a good time. Yeah, I'm very And two excited. people from Chicago. Oh, uh, oh really? I'm from Chicago originally. Oh, Born nice. and bred. Cool. Uh, educated, everything. Wow. Yeah. CPS. Yeah. You are a product of CPS. That's right. That's great. I've never been to Chicago. <laughs> you should go. Do you want to do a question now? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're covering up an edit because we had to move a mic, but we're going to start at questions now. So Yeah. Should I draw the first one? Yeah, you'll draw the right, first I'm one. I'm going to draw the first you'll random question. You'll most likely just ask me about it. Yeah, My handwriting is terrible. Oh, I know this one. How much of your own work do you consider yours? So, how much of stuff do you consider influence or your own creation? Like, it's uh, a good way of saying it. Right? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe like if you're performing something, how much of that experience is uh, related to purely how an audience interprets it, or do you um, take a lot of control of what you put out there? Uh, yeah, I, I can jump in with this one. Yeah, Since kind of music with me anyways, it seems like this is a general concern or something that comes up often. Um, so in a big way, this is one of the reasons that I compose so that I could create something that has not existed before. Now, that's not... A statement that's trying to deny like causality that's trying to deny that I am not a product of the world in which I live mm-hmm. and that I'm influenced constantly by everything that I come in contact with um, but if we take let's create a, a spectrum or a continuum of things we have a musician who uh, goes to the conservatory and learns how to play their instrument and learns how to specialize in a certain type of music and realize a certain type of music that's, say, um, Renaissance, Bach, something, Um, I would say that there is less of them in that and more of Bach and versus maybe a, a person who does exclusively free improvisation and is every time that they perform, they're uh, channeling the moment, they're channeling something that's, that's right now. Um, yeah, so the question is, how much do I feel my work is my own? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would say that, um, I don't know how to put it in percentages, but I would say that I'm constantly struggling, like battling almost um, everything that I've learned before 
to have it be my own. It's almost like, yeah, a struggle to create yeah. something that is my own. So it's something you constantly think about while creating, you think? Uh, yeah. 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 I would say at every micro level, when I'm putting like a note down on a page mm-hmm. or when I'm improvising, like, when have I done this before? Right. When have I seen this done before? Yeah. Or this and this. That sounds like What this. does this sound like? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds familiar. And it's a really, really awful situation. We, we talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to think of like existence as like this almost pyramid and like we're at the top of this pyramid and, you know, the, uh, a common phrase that's used is standing on the shoulders of giants. And so, yeah, we're standing up here, but we're also like in the shadow of giants in a way. And so there's an ideology that says nothing is new under the sun, you know, and then or the only thing Picasso says, the only thing you can't help being, unfortunately, is new, is contemporary because you exist in this moment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is very paradoxical. There is contradictions there. But, yeah that's it is a constant thing yeah and it's difficult too when you're because you create a lot of stuff that's that's specifically catering towards a lot of people at once like doing large musical performances and stuff Mm. and it's difficult because um although you you may like spend a lot of time packaging this all together like how an audience receives it or especially like now that you're like curating more performance-based things too which is maybe like a more new thing Mm. um so much of that like either directly involves an audience where you're like you're giving something that you've curated into the hands of many people that you've probably never met before mm-hmm. or um that uh it is reaction based you know yeah. so that that must in itself be somewhat difficult it's really exciting at the same time as well as difficult in that um when you have variables when you have um like a flexus piece, an experimental music piece, you have no idea how the audience is going to react to like the piece the other night when we had basically a block of ice given to the audience and the instruction is for you to pass it around while this sounds of fire are happening. Uh, One person took a lighter to it because we told them that the piece ends when the when the, <laughs> when the ice melts, yeah, they're so like enough of this. They're shit. like expediting the prices. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna sit on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say, like people put it into their armpits yeah. and people held it. People passed it really quickly. Um, that that openness, that uh, indeterminacy, is a really beautiful thing to me. It's like controlled chaos in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you kind of just accept what may come. Do you have anything to add, Cynthia? Yeah, I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Can you repeat the question, please? Oh, okay. So uh, how much of your own work do you consider yours? Well, <clears throat> I would say now at this point in mm-hmm. my writing uh, career, and also I would even say prior to this, everything that I put on the page mm-hmm. is, is, is um, something that I worked very hard at creating and my own voice and and developing and mm-hmm. flour, f- making my own voice flourish it took years to get it to um come out um well mm-hmm. um but 
And I was highly influenced, of course, by uh, writers and m more specifically by musicians. And I w music was my first influence always. And lyricists were my, my, my first um, uh, inspirations when I was young. I, I was listening to the coasters when I was a little kid. <laughs> and I don't know how I got these L uh, singles, but they, there were these gorgeous lyrics that were very complicated and um i would listen to these lp these uh singles over and over and over and and uh uh you know they were rhyming songs and they were just beautiful um uh, and intricate and told stories narrative t t narrative tunes and uh, I fell in love with that way of telling a story where where that combined humor and and just largesse and and this be, uh, kind of gorgeous world of uh, colorful and vision and 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 happiness and and vibrancy. So those were my some of my early early uh, connections with writing. And I also, of course, had loved uh, quite a few poets that I was highly influenced by, but I was very cognizant, even when I was young, that I needed to have my own voice. And uh, I worked really hard to have it, and I was always told, and happily so, that when folks would read my poetry, they always saw this balance in my work. Um, where I was in love with uh, mm. the body of the the body of the English language, and so I utilized a lot of words that were, you know, the highfalutin words sometimes in a, in a poem, and in the same poem I'd use colloquialisms and and uh, street language and and use that in the same piece, which you'll mm. you know you'll hear when you see see some of the the words the works read. Um, and so I just had that synergy going from from the get go, and it's always how I wrote. To and and I and the only time where I will speak about specific influence is when I specifically refer to influence within the piece of the poem. But other than that, uh, um, uh, I would say I, I'm I'm looking at a hundred percent me. That's awesome. I mean, I, I think that's the ideal for any artist is to like kind of stop stressing about your own work, like within like an an historical mm -hmm. context. But it's it's the hardest thing to do, especially now that like we have such like immediate uh, ability to reach any information from the past or any like material and stuff. It's like, you know, I can like illegally download like any piece of composition possible or like pick up almost any book like either read it off the internet or like go into a bookstore and get it or yeah. off amazon so it's it's i feel like it's particularly difficult yeah These... but when you pick up a, when you but mm -hmm. when you sit down to a piece of paper <laughs> here yeah. goes technology for you <laughs> when you sit down to a piece of paper and, and, and hold the pen mm -hmm. and you want to write a piece do you want to you're not going to say to yourself hey i want to i want to emulate what i just read yeah you're gonna say i want i want to this is this is good this is gonna absolutely. work absolutely like yeah. influence is definitely something like i don't think you have any control mm -hmm. over as far mm -hmm. as like 
what you take in. I think the fact that you have senses at all mm -hmm. means that you are influenced. It's always like really silly when people are like, I'm not influenced by anything. It's like, yeah, yeah, you are. It's oh, like, sure. You're influenced by Everything. like an infinite amount. I was just influenced by the moment we just had this uh, yeah. <laughs> over here. And I'm yeah. not 100% sure what happened. You know, uh, so it, uh, it was a tiny mouse. That's it. Yeah. Welcome to Flagstaff. Small mouse. Yeah, it's a small mouse. <laughs> And he wanted to chime in, and uh, I said, no, we're, uh, we only have four microphones. So um, he was like, okay, I'll have my people call your people. And he left. I'll be back next week. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if I had an A game, it's been thrown off. It's been thrown off. I think, uh, do you want to name, name the mouse? <laughs> I wanted it, yes. Uh, Chadwick. Chadwick. Chadwick the mouse. Okay. Uh, DJ Chadwick. Cool. Uh, so I want to I want to springboard <laughs> off this a little bit and quit talking about this mouse. Um, uh, so how much um, or like do you remember any specific moments in like your creation process that you were uh, specifically reacting against someone trying to guide your work? I have like very clear recollections of like it happens all the time in writing especially mm -hmm. i'm saying especially in like workshops or like critiques or anything where people essentially want you to do what they do uh and like think that they have the right answer so if you have any specific examples of um maybe something that you were reacting against being a greater influence than something you were taking in without uh recollection I'd like to say I'd like to answer that, mm -hmm. and, and in a way, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to be answering the question specifically. That's fine. I have yeah. to twist it slightly, but I conduct a workshop mm -hmm. uh, or assist in conducting a workshop down in the East Valley, and um, there was uh, there was a person who was uh, a participant in the workshop for the for a time being, and I was working on this series of poems. Did not know it was going to be a series of poems because I was never had never written a series of poems that were interconnected, interwoven before prior. I'd never done that. I wrote, I wrote you know essentially what one offs poems that turn into a collection, but. They, I certainly had never thought I was going to be working on something that was woven together. And I found that I was working on one piece after another that certainly had a very strong thematic principle that was mm -hmm. seeing its way through, which turned into what, what I called the Super Dan Comics question box series. <laughs> Which, which and it was like a, a like a comic series essentially mm -hmm. and then that became the chapbook old school superhero loves a good wristwatch and in this and what happens is in each p in each poem there are two there are two speakers literally like in in comics you know there there are there are different folks speaking in these comics and in, in, in these poems there are generally two speakers the super dan and a character called me and um these are far more um yeah they're they're more uh the poems are much ch chattier uh they're much uh, less they're less um oh you know there's less grandeur in the pieces and a lot more they're a lot more um uh, talkative and 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 down to earth and um, at this per one person uh, sitting around a table of about fifteen folks said and they everybody gets a copy of the 
poem as, mm-hmm. as they're looking at it. And he, he looked at this poem, Super Dan Comics, question box series number blank, as comics are. They're numbered, mm-hmm. you know, if you re- recollect those. And then he, he looked at it. This happened to be about a sofa coming into the house. And Super Dan's saying, I, I'm, uh, you know, he's from another planet, come to visit. Mm-hmm. And he's got to deal with these new things. He's got superpowers, but he also has human foibles, you know. So he's got this mix, this great mix of uh, this eclectic difference, uh, you know, in within him. And this one person said, I don't even know how to respond to this. I don't think this has been a poem. And and these two people are interacting. They're, they're responding to each other. Super mm-hmm. Dan speaks. Then the character me speaks. Then there's a, a, a stanza break where there's a little interjection of um, a narrative uh, of um, uh, almost a narrative, uh, the telling of a, a, a moment occurring. And then more and then there's more mm-hmm. conversation between the two. He said, I don't even think this is a poem. And um <laughs> Yeah, that's just in, that's I, insane. <laughs> it was insane. And the funniest thing is it turned into not only the most popular series of poems, popular poems I've ever written. Mm. One of the one of those very poems won the Red Hen Press Poetry Award. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and was subsequently published in the Los Angeles Review. Mm-hmm. Uh it's the most popular series of poems I've ever written and um and it speaks to uh, people across the board and so I yeah. I can't tell you how you, you just never know um mm-hmm. you but I knew that I felt that I knew that it was right yeah uh, and I know it's not totally answering the question that you asked no it, it does though because I feel like a lot of what happens in those kind of situations where you're reacting against something is it's a moment that instills a lot of fight in whatever mm-hmm. decisions that you made mm-hmm. up until then. And like people are really goofy with that kind of thing too. Like there's there's a lot of stuff that people are very quick to be, even now still, um, like, oh, this isn't art or this isn't like a poem or mm-hmm. this isn't a piece mm-hmm. of music. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's that's very... So, I mean, it happens to me all the time. So I, I, I do like the same poetry stuff. Like I, I run the one up here. Uh, and a lot of people are hesitant to sign up purely because they're like, well, I don't think I have any slam poems. I'm like, oh, well, you're, you write though. Like you write poems, mm-hmm. like, you know, like any, anything that you perform in that venue becomes that thing. Like if you, it's the same with music. If you're like, no, this is a piece of music, then it is because we have all the power rather than, <laughs> rather than like any sort of understanding of like the historical context of that piece does. I don't know. I, we we give a lot up to like things that we invented. I think. Right. You gotta yeah. know. You know in your gut mm-hmm. when you know that it's legitimate mm-hmm. and it stands on its own, mm-hmm. and nobody should tell you otherwise. So. Yeah. Um, um, mine is maybe a little more specific, and I, it's it's a nice springboard. I think because these two questions are super related. Mm-hmm. If we look at the second and in relation to the first, um, you could say that uh, all of your influences you're kind of reacting against mm-hmm. or resisting um, falling into that. I feel like I keep saying a lot of negative things, but 
<clears throat> art is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the day. Mm-hmm. Art is hard. Art is hard. Um, so yeah, in my master's degree, my my teachers, and I'm very thankful for this, they basically looked at my work, listened to my music, listened to all of my thoughts on music, identified the weakest facet of all of them, and then worked on that weakest thing. Mm-hmm. And the the weakest thing for me is pitch. Mm. And uh, and mm. I still struggle with it to this day because I am actively resisting pitch. And this may not mean anything to you, but essentially all of uh, Western classical music from like the 16th century through... Uh, maybe the early 20th century, it was constructed, like the form of the piece and what constituted what music was, was based on pitch. It was based on harmonic progressions, this chord to this chord, this note to this note. And I think a huge discovery or emancipation that happened in the 20th century is like, oh, wait, there's a ton more to sound than just the frequencies of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so to, to put it blatantly, like I don't really care about pitch at all. Like uh, Beethoven, mm-hmm. uh, Mozart, these people, the highest skill that you could have is perfect pitch, like to know a pitch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, great, that's A. Um <laughs> I'm, huh. I am so much more interested in, in noise in like, uh, so for example, this is a huge digression, but hopefully it'll make sense. If I were to say a sentence without phonating at all, so I'm going to say, I am talking this sentence now. There's a ton of sound there. <laughs> that is what I'm interested in. Huh. And, um, my, my teachers, basically, the, the narrative that my teachers were trying to instill in me is that you have to do X before you can do Y. You have to understand how Debussy wrote line in his, in his works. You have to understand how Beethoven constructed a phrase of music using pitch. And uh, I think that there's been a ton of work done in the last 100 years that is, that is countered to that idea. And... Uh, and I'm kind of constantly working that out in my own mind, mm-hmm. like resisting that, going yeah. with that, et cetera. Yeah. I definitely feel like what you're talking about too is like you are res- resisting that like sort of need for to, to like go through the course, the like rite of passage. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I, I think that it's important. It, it's just like the rite of passage to being an adult today it's mm-hmm. so ambiguous we don't have a fire that we jump over or like um a scar that we get like a, or something that we do there's no physical act to become an adult but uh we still become adults somehow mm-hmm. and so it's much more abstract today and so i i think that i am going through the rite of passage but it's kind of like self-defined yeah. <laughs> in a way but yeah 
That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating about the noise, mm. uh, the, the fascination with noise and how you want to investigate that yeah. w- through with with sound, with the sound and the instruments. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, but I'm I'm definitely not the first person. This has been going on sure. actively since the 1960s. There's a German composer named Helmut Lachemann. He's actually turning 80 this year, and there's a ton of like retrospective uh, festivals and everything about his music. But he basically that was his work was like investigating the quote noises. And John Cage. Yes, I was going to mention Cage, but I was afraid that I might be wrong. His, his project. His early project was essentially the emancipation of noise, the liberation of noise into music. And so uh, why do we need to play instruments? Why can't we play tin cans? Why can't we play found objects? Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. That's cool. Uh, Andrew and I are like out of our league. I think. A little. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is like a proud parent moment where you can just like al- allow two guests to run the show. Yeah, that was pretty good. But uh, hey, remember that mouse? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was good. That was good. Uh, can I have another beer, please? <laughs> yeah, you can have one. Um. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I. I I think I very simply react uh, a lot towards uh, people saying that they want to see things from me. So like when I was primarily doing visual art, um, especially when I thought that was maybe what I was going to pursue uh, academically, um, I remember taking like my portfolio into like several colleges and I (laughs) completely decided to not do that. purely based on like the kind of uh, just really vapid critiques people are willing to give you (laughs) a lot of the times where it's just like, I don't like it. I like it. That's like, these are the tools that we're given as like an average person, especially in like America. It's like, we were talking about Facebook, like before (laughs) we started the show, it's like, that's how we're trained to think about things. It's like, I like it. I don't like it. Not I like it. Uh, because this is, I, I enjoy like the idea of the project or like, I don't like it, uh, but I can respect if it's like someone else's thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. I, I think people are like far too trained into thinking black and white. So I, I remember like getting all like the super like pithy stuff too, where someone would see a painting and it's like, I'm not so interested in your work as I am in the cracks in your work. And you're like, okay, well you just didn't say anything. (laughs) So I, I don't know. I, I definitely find that like in my professional and creative life, I'm constantly reacting towards opinion. It is definitely like giving me like a bit of a surly attitude. It, it happens like so like Andrew and I are both like young professionals or whatever, too. Uh, and that happens all the time when people are like, oh, well, you don't have like the college or like the resume for this experience. And it's like, yeah, but I have way more work experience yeah, I've been working like, for like the last six years on this <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's like uh, with like curating shows or anything it's like I started putting concerts together when I was 13 and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't stop mm-hmm. so when yeah, some right. like salt and pepper soul patch person is telling me it's like oh you haven't really worked a concert it's like no I've probably done more than you yeah mm-hmm. uh, so I for me it's I definitely find myself in my work resisting towards an attitude and resisting myself a lot like I definitely 
have a hard time thinking outside of historical context. Like it's it's too easy to shoot yourself down when you're like, well, everything has already been done. Like, I don't even know that this is any good. And then you're like, wait, no, like I can I can write yeah. however I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. Stop stop asking permission. Oh boy, I for instance I I I have recently just been um, <clears throat> dueling with this uh, with this inner 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 demon situation my own self which is you know I've been dealing more with um, the t- technological social media situation and it's made me unhappy you know unhappy to the degree that. I, I need to spend more time writing my work, doing my work, getting my work out at where I was always happy, always happy sending it out and, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting it accepted, getting it rejected, but always getting it out and, and having that, the, the machinations of those things going on and, and being so creative doing it. And I was always happy doing it. Now I know why Emily Dickinson, that's how Emily Dickinson mm-hmm. must have felt. I don't care. I'm just writing it. And, you know, she didn't have to feel like she was writing it for, for, you Re- know. Reason or person or anything. Yeah, like I, I sure hope that that, uh, you know, that, that poet up there on face watch you know who mm-hmm. won that award last year likes my little comment yeah that ain't the thing it was just like writing for the sake of creating it right yeah. precisely or but but it's more than that you know because you want it to be you want it to be read and mm-hmm. you want it to be you want it to to be out there spinning in its own on its own in its own globe and having having its measure of uh, uh, su- success and effect on the world that's a big thing mm-hmm. I don't think we create not to have the stuff affect others and and, and ho- hopefully in a positive way got you know willing you know willing in a positive way but um we're considered maybe I would even just mm-hmm. say if you consider this right it's precise like you could yeah. you could hate it at the end of the day but yeah. like go through the process of, of reading it yes right. how does this or, interact with your own existence and then okay i hate that but yeah. i considered it <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah uh-huh yeah uh-huh. correct <laughs> that was a true or false question everyone got it right we should have them draw a question though yeah oh okay i think so okay All sounds right. good i always wanted to draw a question and then go like this mm-hmm. and then take forever and then watch andrew yeah i don't know it's it's hard to exist outside of labels like i i know like you get it all the time about like your voice too where people want to just immediately attribute okay i think my question (laughs) says how do you feel about creating a baboon of work yes uh, a baboon of work Oh, oh you, creating uh, creating a body of a work. A body of work. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about creating a body of work? Uh, How do you feel about creating a body so of you, work? So you do a lot of like the video production stuff? Yeah. Um, I have this weird thing that... So I, I uh, own a video production company. Mm-hmm. And so we make a lot of videos. And I have this thing where... Yes? Later. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I have this thing where I kind of, uh, in reference to making a body of work, I always want my like newest and best stuff to be the only thing I have. 
Mm. So I will like delete old stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not super interested in having a body of work. I just want, I don't want, I have this weird thing where I don't want people to th- see my work and then think, oh, he was bad before and now he's good. Mm-hmm. What? I just want, I just want you them delete? to delete? The yeah. stuff that you've done? Well, I, I keep it, but I take it off online and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, just so that when people see my page or whatever, or our website, they only see the best stuff that we have at that moment. Current. Yeah. Mm. Well, not even... So it's hard for me. It seems like it's more than current. It's, yeah. It's like you, you actively do not like the earlier stuff. Yeah. And you do not want it yeah. shared. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of weird. So I... I kind of don't ever have a consistent body of work. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting rid of the first three episodes, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, they've, they've all been very good. Well, there was they've, no mouse in uh, the first three episodes. Chadwick did not make an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even say anything. It was just rude. It was rude. Commanded our attention and then left. Good. I, I uh, definitely empathize with that. Uh, I, yeah, do not like over 50% of the things that I've created like right. if they got lost in a fire I would be okay with that right. <laughs> yeah and uh, but it's also it's nice to have in terms of anal- like self analysis like oh look at what I did then and what was I influenced then and I can trace back and say this was happening and I was listening to this and cool and then I departed from it but I don't know if I want everybody to do that you know that's yeah. that's the trick and see so when you were bad <laughs> but then the, I think the big question is where do you where do you decide the beginning is like okay this is this is opus one yeah. this is mm-hmm. my first piece yeah. you know and it's you know actually opus 100 or yeah. something but um yeah it's an interesting question I don't know how we deal with the body of work how we define the body of work I almost want to say that the body of work just happens yeah, mm-hmm. uh, by virtue of just creating, creating yeah. and creating consistently. And so it's a thing that you can't avoid. Um, or another extreme, I really like going to extremes, like the artist who never <laughs> shares anything. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's just like the, the world doesn't deserve to, to hear yeah. it. Yeah, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, John. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We're fighting again. We this, always fight. This is like the, the crux of this entire podcast is that I thought we were going to go without fighting. That was, so, yeah, it was almost good. Yeah. And then you had to make it bad. Yeah. Well, you know, just being, you just did that. Here, that was completely you. That was 100% you. But you're here, though. Yeah, remember when you cried in a car? Go, earlier? Andrew. Yeah. Go, yeah. Andrew. I did cry in a go, car. Go, Andrew. I'm getting more in touch with my emotions. <laughs> So uh, Andrew's body of work, which is uh, developing a sense of emotions, is has, well, maybe today was the first crossing process. a street. Huh? Uh, she was in a car, I think. Oh, yeah, she was in a car. She's she was in, in like a '93 Toyota Camry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the point, license plate? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pearl gold or champagne pearl. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know because for me dealing with. Uh, body of work is so strange because I have not uh, committed to a single media for very long. Like I, I did mostly visual art my entire life, and I've like played music um, live in like various uh, stupid bands, and like I I like write poetry now, and those are all things that like were completely happenstance. So I don't know that I've ever spent like hmm. a decent amount of time. Wow. Um, Gee 
putting something together beyond that moment where I then destroy everything or give it away. So I've, I've done full gallery shows and stuff of my own work. Uh, but the, the whole theme has always been, this is going to go away as soon as this is done. Like, like I definitely think, um, I don't necessarily share that with everyone, but like I th- like a month out of any like gallery show I've done, I've made sure I never see any of that ever again. Well, you guys all have an advantage. See, I've been writing over thirty years, and a lot my early work got published even then. Hmm. And I was when I was an undergraduate, when I was a graduate student, and I got you know after I'm getting all my degrees, mm-hmm. I was publishing. And that stuff is out there whether I like it or mm-hmm. not. Those mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's there's two films that I have that uh they won awards and they're like in some database and I I, I hate that. I hate that <laughs> thought that someone could watch this at some point without me wanting them to. Yeah. yeah. That's the funny about funny part about the internet too, especially Facebook, now that they're like telling you like, Hey, this is you three years ago. How do you feel about that? And you're like, oh, bad. The thing, is about, the thing is about me though, I delete everything on Facebook too. So oh. when it says that there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's like three years ago. It was ago, you three years ago. Nothing. <laughs> but I don't know, like I I'm it's funny if you try to like even Google Google yourself. Yeah. Uh just That's, the stuff I hate that too. the pictures that come up. Like it's it's like a lot of like stupid doodle things I posted on like Tumblr or like yeah. whatever like it's mostly it's pictures of ex-girlfriends of mine oh and and James's ex-girlfriend oh that's good yeah anyway let's talk about real things now mm-hmm. I'm curious is that why you created the what is it called only spoken once? something said oh only something once. said only once so that was not yeah, um, really my brainchild but that's definitely like what drew me to it so it was this uh, month long festival that the the whole theme was that something was supposed to come together and fall apart very quickly so it was either like by way of improv or something that was only going to be a single installment in a certain creative space or something but i'm definitely drawn to those kind of things or i'm drawn to creating um work that i either openly don't take seriously or i openly expect to uh dismantle by which I mean throw in the recycling or give it away. I don't believe it because I listened to your latest uh, poetry that you read at Uptown Mm -hmm. and you started with some humorous things and it was all, aha, this is all going to be funny, funny, Mm -hmm. off the cuff and you were playing around with, you know, throwing punches at the air Mm -hmm. and then by the time you got 15 minutes in, you were serious and those pieces sang and the, the, those poems. I'm were, being actively called out. <laughs> you are turning red. I, I am. <laughs> and and the, that you know there was real soul right there, and, mm-hmm. and it was right right there for every all of us to see. Yeah. And uh, uh, and it came and it came across. So two things with that. <laughs> First of which, uh, I was not open to that being filmed for the exact reason <laughs> that I can be quoted on myself. Uh, <laughs> And the second, that that was, that's definitely a brand new chapter for me mm-hmm. that I came in. So like the other two times I've done readings in the past year, which is already like a weird thing because I've never declared myself a writer or like anything. Um, uh, I've been mostly like the, the sort of like organizational role. And then I've been doing that so much within writing that people just started calling me a writer without me earning it. So mm-hmm. by the time this came around the two previous performances 
Somewhere in the week before I did them, I lost all my work. So the first time I got all my belongings stolen uh, during that trip to... Oh, yeah. To, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, the National Poetry Site. All my stuff was fine. Yeah. All of Andrew's stuff was fine. I lost a backpack filled with all of my belongings. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> before the next one, I had a notebook that lived in my back pocket for like a year and it just like disappeared. I took um, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is all coming to light now. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like us fighting is the third host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's the third entity. Andrew, yeah. John, and Tension. Um, so, uh, yeah, so and this, this was tension. so nerve-wracking for me because this is the first time, I guess this ties back to the thing where it's like I felt like not a body of work, but I had a... Um, enough stuff to pick and choose from like I was able to at least generally have a set list I, didn't, I definitely didn't go into it like I'm reading this and then I'm reading this and then I'm reading this but I was like I know the kind of shape I want tonight to go in like the I, arc. yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah the art that's like the real term yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have very coloring book responses to things <laughs> um well what I <laughs> translate that what i'm interpreting mm -hmm. that is something that's uh, ephemeral something that's uh, immediate something that can literally only happen once and like you have to be there mm. in order to experience it and it's not recorded and it's not and so i mean i'm really attracted to that that's why i improvise too mm -hmm. and then there's a huge uh can i ask a question oh sure but is it recorded it's not see, recorded no see that's the thing there are records of improvisation like albums of improvisation that uh, you can listen to yeah and then so like this is the huge freaking paradox of the whole thing like improvisation uh musical improvisation anyways actively almost in a political way resists being recorded resists being commodified because it's this thing that's like not like Tempo. anything else mm -hmm. it's temporal mm -hmm. yeah um but then you record it and then you sell it and like or then you listen to it and then it becomes an object that you can do something with um mm -hmm. but what i'm getting from you is that you are kind of attracted to this thing that that it, it, you described as unstable it can dismantle it mm -hmm. can it can fall apart and i think that uh, and to me that kind of makes sense because we live in a world in which there is the NSA, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're constantly in fear of this either from ourselves or like other people seeing what we're going to do. Mm. There's a composer named David Lang. He won the Pulitzer in 2008. He wrote a piece recently called the whisper opera and uh, you, it can't be recorded. Like you literally have to be in the room and the musicians move, move around you and perform so quietly that you that you have to be there this makes me think of that i don't know if that's that's tapping awesome. tapping into I, what i think you're giving me too yeah. much credit oh, okay <laughs> is what's going on i i enjoy i guess like sort of playing on my own nervousness about something you know like for me it's like i like committing to the joke of like maybe this will fall apart by the end of it like i i like not giving myself time to prepare because I find it most entertaining when I do like stumble and like mm. make fun of myself or like am able to like make like 
pithy jokes in between rather than like read the serious stuff or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like committing to falling on my face for the sake of humor. I think. You fall on your face really well. Thank you. Grace. I think that's what that's called. Mm. That's, a, that's a word for it. <laughs> yeah. That's certainly a word. I thought closet comedian was one of them. <laughs> I love comedy. Yeah. Uh, uh, would you like to draw a question? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds... oh, yeah. And then I think we should move on to uh... to this. Yeah. Yeah. This goes quick. This goes really quick. All right. The question is, uh, do you get more... You can just say, I'll read it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. We should, I should all type these out. Oh, um, do you get more enjoyment outside of context? So, like, uh, do you enjoy something that's specifically uh, curated more than, like, something just uh, coming... Uh, at you from happenstance so like andrew's a planner we talked about that in the last episode yeah, plan and he definitely like uh enjoys that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 okay uh so, yeah. uh whilst i like going somewhere and not having a plan of attack and that's but it's also um it applies to like creative work so like do you um enjoy like a like a tiny fleeting moment more than like maybe sitting down and experience something that's that's uh i guess put together yeah Hmm. uh this is also something that i'm constantly thinking about i think uh, the perfect analogy or description of this is like when you walk through an art gallery Mm -hmm. do you read the artist statement at the beginning do you read the titles of the pieces and the descriptions of the pieces? Or are you the person that just like walks right through, takes in the experience, like projects their own thoughts on the on the pieces and then then walks away? So the context then is how the artist wants you to experience the piece. Mm-hmm. The, the self-constructed context. Um, I think I don't have a good answer for that because I think that some really, really amazing, meaningful things can happen outside of the construction, outside mm-hmm. of the context. And like that, that essentially is noise. It's what the thing that I'm interested yeah. in, the thing that's like dissonance, the thing that's like cognitive dissonance, the thing that's, yeah. So, but at the same time, if you take things out of context, you, you could die. Like you, Context. That's is... always my. That's always my motto. About <laughs> well, I mean this in almost like mm-hmm. a Darwinian way. Like mm-hmm. if you, if someone's there with a gun, and you have to, you have to acknowledge the context of the right. situation. Like this could kill you. Yeah, you can't be just like, hey, thanks for showing me your gun, man. Yeah, like, hey, he's not just showing you the gun. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a really tricky thing, mm. something also I think about a lot, and it's also tied into all of the other questions, I think. I know, this is, some, I swear <laughs> I didn't plan We planned it. We, I didn't, actually. You're so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the context now being your influences, mm-hmm. the context of the world that we live in. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's why I'm drawn to, for example, surrealism as an art movement, because it it is like this active overlapping of things that like don't work. Like they're two different contexts at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And there's something freeing about that to me. There's something that I like about that. So I will say yes to that mm-hmm. answer. I like things out of context. I, I have to say I like I, I, I go straight down the middle. Mm-hmm. I like things fleeting sometimes and I like them I like them planned down to the to the last final dot. I mean I love I, a good plan. I, it, it, it's, it goes love both ways and I'm gonna I'll give you an example as well. And this did not happen to me but to someone that I know. Um, it, it was uh, it occurred in the backyard. So uh, there was a backyard incident where someone was standing there um, and doves were flying through the backyard. This is a fleeting moment. They were flying through the backyard and over the head of the doves was a Cooper's Hawk. And not unlike National Geographic, where there's mm-hmm. the soundtrack and the you know the the the, the music starting to like we can get louder and more 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 intense and more mm-hmm. dramatic. There's no sound whatsoever, and there's no narrator or with an English accent mm-hmm. saying he's coming Dude, in Edinburgh. Yeah, right. Uh, all there was was this flightless sound of bird these bird, doves taking off, and then this hawk sort of swooping down. And turning over, turning upside down himself. Midair. Mm-hmm. Midair, catching the belly of the last ho- the last uh, pigeon, our do- morning dove, catching his, his, him in the belly with, his, with the Cooper Hawk's claws, turning the pigeon, the uh, dove over so that the Cooper Hawk was then flying straight. And then flying away, and it was a fleeting moment. Oh my just God. a moment. That's so dope. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was soundless. There were no drums. Mm. <laughs> there was no station break. Mm. There was nothing but just that happening in time. And I, that happened some years ago. And I'm still working through that fleeting moment in my mind to create a piece about that. So I will sometimes take. Ye- a number of years to get a piece a poem on paper mm. properly on the other hand sometimes this is when you feel the muses you mm-hmm. know literally upon your neck and caressing you and the lines will come out like just running out of your hand like wine and they'll just come out perfect and you don't have to change anything i mean but even the the um uh, the 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 uh, the commas and the and the the uh, every single the mechanics. the mechanics the letters the the everything is perfect and uh, nothing needs to be altered and you know that if you alter were to alter something you would dastardly change it so oh, yeah. so I have this wonderful um, balance of those two living in both of those worlds and I cherish both of them because I know they have very g- wonderful gifts in both so I live in both I have yeah. to say I really do have uh, live in both I err on this in my real life grocery time and laundry time and oh. vacuum time I err on the side of planning <laughs> I, 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 do the, I, do, I, I have the lists I, mm-hmm. I'll i do the lists oh man yeah. love a good list <laughs> I love the check off I live no for that check off so we were saying in the last podcast I have a reminder on my phone to tell me to wash my towels every Sunday and to get a haircut every three weeks 
Just oh, like everything. There oh, you man. go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm probably uh, the, the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we fight all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also know someone who's the opposite of that, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, mm, what are you going to do? You just. Uh, mm. So. Yeah. So it's probably that time uh, that we add uh, whatever questions you would like to leave for next member. So you can you can leave this question and not answer it yourself, uh, or you can leave the question and we all respond to it like the other ones. Oh too. boy! Yeah, I'm gonna leave a good um, question. Yeah, while while you're brainstorming, I, I guess I'll respond to the last one mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so context, uh, I definitely love being as much outside of it as possible like I definitely think that's like where the humor comes from so like I was at my great grandfather's uh, funeral and like one of my favorite visual memories is um, someone accidentally knocked over a small table that was tied to a pair of uh, white balloons and um, as as they broke off and like floated into the distance the, the, the visual irony of uh what white balloons look like wriggling off into the sky versus like celebrating i not celebrating someone's death <laughs> but like uh experiencing like something that's attributed to someone's death was always very funny to me and of course i had a family member that pointed out like oh that's that's just wrong like yeah, yeah. um i don't know that's yeah and, and a lot of my like uh, when when I was doing our education in college, like a lot of uh, like I guess my thesis work or whatever was having to do with um, sort of uh, outsider art or like mm-hmm. or really working with people who are existing like outside of this and historical context and like just creating for the sake of creating and that's definitely where I find most of my uh, enjoyment because not that everything has it but it it does cut back on this like sort of like sense of pretentia of like i did this for this reason not to say that anyone that does something for a reason is pretentious that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. uh but like i i like that the explanation is sometimes i painted a monkey because i thought it would be pretty like you know like Mm. i don't know Mm -hmm. see but you didn't paint the monkey in an instant yeah, you were painting that monkey over a period of time. Mm-hmm. It had to be, even if it was an hour. Yeah, there was time taken to paint the monkey. So, when you're when you're doing the arm, it's, mm-hmm. you know, time is being taken. So it didn't happen instantaneously. No, absolutely not. So thought did have to go into, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, the coloration, yeah, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. all of that. So, oh boy. And now oh, it's hanging up in my bathroom. Yeah. A picture of that monkey. Oh, we want to see it. Oh, it's it was a real. picture of you, but you keep calling it a monkey. <laughs> yeah, so thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It looks bad anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got any yeah, questions? Yeah, I, I have a question. All right. Uh, so in Chicago, I did a lot of journaling. And I was, I was living by myself, and I thought that it would be a great time to journal and record things both for like my own history to look back at it and like reflect on these things. And then also as a form of like self therapy, like uh, just write what's going down and what I think about it. And I actually found that it was highly therapeutic to do that. And I would take time and like the act of writing became like a meditative thing. And it was very cool. 
but for some reason I started uh, getting fixated on like the idea of layers of an artist. This is what I called it, the layers of an artist, not like a path to be an artist because I feel like it happens vertically, like it's not something you do A and then you could do B and then you could do C and then you, whatever. Um, so layers and the first layer, this is completely my definition of this, but the first layer of being an artist is to come to terms with the meaninglessness of existence. <laughs> and so my question that all the time. <laughs> my, my question is how do you come to terms with the meaninglessness of existence oh alcohol <laughs> no, let's, do you guys have any real answers <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like it's been pretty apparent so like oh and I have had this conversation recently too uh, where it's definitely I it's uh, laughter it's like committing committing to their joke where it's like this could be completely meaningful or meaningless, but whether or not that happens is not in my control anyway. <laughs> so like, you know, it's like, I'm either going to die today or tomorrow or never, or like, you know, in a couple of years from now or in a long time. And I have no control no matter what I do. So, it's, so enjoy the ride because it's precious. Yeah. Not everybody gets a chance at this and mm -hmm. we're lucky to be here. It's yeah. a, it, you know, it does, it does not last a long time. It really doesn't. It's over way before we know it, and we don't come back. So I say enjoy it and consider it precious and just try to do good works as much as you can and care for everybody as much as you can. I'll toast yeah. to that. Deal. I'll toast to that. Can I have another beer? Yeah. Wait, I got a question. Yeah. yeah. My, I, got, I have a good question. You can ask people this? You can ask yeah. future. Yeah, yeah. So, go into so, yeah. so okay. we, we add them to the, to the bowl. Mine's, two, mine's twofold. Mm -hmm. Cool. And this is quintessentially Cynthia. <laughs> That's your podcast name. <laughs> uh, the first a, a part A is, given your genre, uh, if you could work with any artist, living or dead, whom would you choose to work with to hone your skills or give you guidance or um, just hang out with for uh, for a time being which artist would you name oh, and why that's tough that's a mm -hmm. here if you think that's tough here comes B okay <laughs> B is given your genre oh no B is given any genre. Is this living or dead? Living or dead. Okay. Um, you might want them living. Uh, which artist would you most want to have an assorted, wild, wonderful affair with to inspire you further in your art? So and many. <laughs> you only get to pick one. Bill Clinton for sure. <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> Did you say Bill? <laughs> All reactionary. <laughs> 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 
and uh, you know, and you get that one, you get that one or one artist, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, I mean, I mean, um, um, <clears throat> it's a, a free pass, free pass. You know, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're attached, married, engaged, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, it's it's like it, 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 it it's it's off the it's off the charts. It's not on the it's not on the, it's not on the chalkboard. It's just a it's just a you know, it's it's in its own little universe of of capable availability. Which one? Oh, mine probably right now is that girl in the Toyota Camry. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a license number. Oh, let's call her Toyota. You call your poli- the police station oh, friend of yours. Did you make eye contact with her? Yeah. <gasps> At least I think so. Did I, she, I, I wasn't wearing smi- my glasses either. Did so. she smile? I couldn't really see. I just like to think that we uh, are in love now. Mm-hmm. The rest of these, uh, so like the subplot of the rest of the podcast from this point on is going to be like a serendipity thing. Yeah, um, I need to say if you're listening to this podcast, girl, and that's <laughs> my address. Misconnections. Yes. Oh yeah, misconnections. Mm. Okay. So, um, oh man. So like a, a fair. Let's. Yeah, I'm assuming this is romantic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I, you just said a fair. You're like, you know, that's pretty open then. Uh, I don't. I don't have an answer for that at this second. Uh, somebody, there was a part A though. Too. Yeah, the, I'll, okay. I'll do the part A. I'll do the part A for sure. I think someone I would really love to work with in whatever capacity uh, would be John Baldus. Sorry, the visual artist, um, because I don't. I don't know. I really enjoy the sense of humor in his work is really what it is and I I feel like working um, with someone I, I'd really love to curate with him rather than have him like critique my work like I'd like to work with his already existing mm-hmm. work and I think that's that's pure fandom if it comes down to it I, I don't know what necessarily it would it would add for me other than just like pure pure joy I think but um it's been very apparent in, in his body of work that like humor is like the, the primary thing or like the sort of like ephemeral like this is meant to either like wear on your nerves or completely fall apart is like uh, so that's a huge part of what he does mm-hmm. uh, and a huge part of what I enjoy but like uh, a, a big part of it too is um, he has not directly influenced my work like I didn't discover him until like the past year or two when I already like realized these things in myself and then saw an immediate kinship in someone else's work. So that was definitely like all of a sudden I watched like part of a documentary. I was like, yeah, that's, that's my dude. That's my, we're going to, we're going to be friends now. Right. That's attainable. Um, I'll tell I'll try to think of the fair thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll give you till tomorrow night. Okay. Okay. Uh, my answer is, Maybe the same person for both. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Two for one. Um, Well, there's there's so many. I think you know to think back like through history and like people that made music and that would inspire you. And if you could just even be a fly in the wall in the room and just see their creative process and like how they were thinking, that would be so cool. Um, But there is. There is a London-based composer named Jennifer Walsh, and she uh, 
the way in which she creates music, I think, is just so uh, aware, so uh, unique, and to me, very important. And it's, I, I think, and that's the reason I would do B as well, is because I'm really attracted to things that I that are mysterious, that I like don't quite understand. And so what I don't understand about her is like why I respond so strongly to her work. That there's something that just like when when I experience her work, I am affirmed as a human being. Like there's something like yes, like what you were describing, mm-hmm. yeah, like oh yeah. we're friends, like we are kin we are of the same ilk we mm. we somehow mm-hmm. it's really cool mm-hmm. and so so yeah i think that i would totally be sexually attracted to her mm. like you know just because like on those grounds alone like yeah. yeah and so and i would love and she's alive and i've actually been in the same room as her and like worked with her before and so i don't think that this is any like uh like romantic thing like mm-hmm. oh did, you know so you wouldn't mind if we sent this to her? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nor to your wife. Nor to your wife. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just like a thing. Like I'm attracted to this person, like in the same way that I'm just attracted to people that that I respect and mm-hmm. am engage mm-hmm. with, and you know. And so Jennifer yeah. Walsh. <laughs> okay, that's a great one. These are all great. Would you uh, like to answer your own question? Because yes, I'm pretty I curious. Would. <laughs> would like to say. You know, I've been as I've been listening to everyone. I ch- keep changing my first answer, mm-hmm. my A answer, because first it goes to from a writer to a poet to a musician, and now and I there are so many that I love, just so 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 many. Um, so I'm going to go with somebody that I never would have thought I would have said, and he's living, and he's and this is just somebody I would want to hang out with, to just to to talk about process and to talk about, and I hope that I surprise each and every one of you when I say it. His name is Cat Williams. He's a uh, comedian, mm-hmm. and he drafts his 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 bits are are brilliant. They're political, they're highly sexual, they're very, very timely, topical, and soulful. They're about raising children and how to, and value, economical. He cuts across everything, class, economics, you know, um, the struggle for for uh, you, making it in the world um, today on, on so many um, domestic levels. And I would talk to him about a lot about how he how he constructs his his work because it would be so interesting to see that get in get that impression of that influence. And I feel like I could influence him as well in my own way, um, poetically, because I see a lot of how his humor. He and I share a lot of the same same uh, loves of humor. Uh, and same values and humor, um, and of course, just, just because I think we're running late, I all right, I'll change it. I'm gonna just go with um, I'm gonna go with Otis Redding. I'm gonna just go with Otis Redding. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna all say about that. that. <laughs> 
was good. And I ain't gonna say any reason why. I'm All just right, gonna let it right. stand. I mean, I feel like that's one of those names where everyone's like, "Yeah, I get that." Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's self-evident. I'd sit on that dock with you. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. it's a song. He, he yeah. I what song? What do you, you guys have anything you want to plug before we end the podcast? Plug? Yeah. Plug? Like. <laughs> Well, how many times up? have I mentioned the, the book? I mentioned the two books like 15 times, so I've said that. Where, where can people get your already existing book? All my, my already existing book. Mm-hmm. They can purchase it from uh, my publisher, mm-hmm. uh, my publisher's website, uh, Salmon Poetry. It also can be published um, uh, from the New York um, distributor, Do Four Editions. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe, and now Peregrine Bookstore in Prescott. Nice, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And right. I'll have books with me to sell at the um, pub house. All right, nice, nice. Uh, the only thing. That I would like to plug is the series that we that I'm curating in in Flagstaff now. Uh, it's myself and two other percussionists that are curating it. And if you are listening this to this, <laughs> and you are a performer of any type, if you consider yourself a performer who does work that is uh, responding to the world in which you live in some way go to interferenceseries.org and submit a proposal to perform. We have three performances a month that you can play on, and I would love to meet you and feature your work, and I love you. <laughs> and uh, He loves you. And uh, I don't really have any part of me that you could buy, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you could... I, I could write you a piece and if you want to pay me money that would be cool but you don't have to <laughs> as for me you could buy my body just in general <laughs> any price really if you're that girl on that camera <laughs> uh, I feel like you would give it away that would be the nice thing to do yeah I'm very generous <laughs> uh, so for me I, I mostly just want to plug the show this is our fourth episode uh, we've after a hiatus, we're like back into it. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest or would like to uh, submit questions for us to consider, uh, hit us up at contact at, at one, one last, last thing show dot com. com. Yeah, got it. Maybe we should say it one at a time. Okay, just in case they can't hear. <laughs> okay, submit at contact at one last thing show dot com on the internet. Email. Can yeah. I say something? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a joy to be sitting here. Um, and you gentlemen were just wonderful to, to uh, be sitting with and to have the opportunity to be discussing these. Oh, thank you. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, fun thank you. and exciting. Thanks for reaching out. Awesome. Meeting Owen. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I had a little bit of trepidation not knowing what I was going to be walking mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. And I wish this lasted more and more hours. Yeah. I yeah. really, really honestly do. So if you're Thank listening you. out there, we're and, gonna record and, that separately and use that as a plug <laughs> in front of every show. 
<laughs> I can hold up a product. Um, but really, if, if anyone's thinking about about giving an interview and not sure if they want to, honestly, you have to do it. It's a ball. Award-winning author endorses one last thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else? I think I guess just do. the website. I think yeah. download the shows. There's several of them now. iTunes. Yeah. If you would like to donate to us so that we can uh, not be poor, you can and, do that and too. And also keep this going because there's a there's a fee we need to pay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay. Love you. Bye. I I don't feel anything about you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 